Welcome back to Playing Crash Diaries with me, your host and pilot, Desmond Latham. We have to deviate from our flight plan, I'm afraid. Last episode, I said we would be covering Ukraine Air Flight 752 shot out of the air by Iranian missiles, killing all 176 on board. However, there is now a major crisis that has thrown most aviation companies into chaos, and it's called the coronavirus, and we need to talk about it. The logic behind the series is to reflect on how crashes improve safety. In this case, I will explain how the 2003 SARS virus has led to some improvements in how aviation authorities deal with an epidemic and a pandemic. There is now also growing concern about the role of aviation in facilitating the spread of the coronavirus, which goes by the name of 2019-NCOV, particularly since the World Health Organization listed it as a global emergency in the last week of January 2020. I've decided to dedicate this episode to covering the story as it develops as it is going to cause massive losses for airlines and may even change how we travel. By the end of January, 43 airlines had cancelled some or all flights into China in response to the spread of the coronavirus. The United States State Department issued a warning to citizens not to travel to China as consumers were already avoiding travel there even when flights were available. A study by the University of Florida in January 2020 found that 19% of Americans have already changed bookings or travel plans for the next three months because of the virus, and another 52% say they are worried about international travel. By February 2020, the world's main airlines have pulled the plug on direct flights to and from China. While the Beijing government desperately tries to cope with an outbreak of a highly infectious disease thought to be linked to one of its city's wildlife markets, the rest of the world is preparing for what could make the outbreak of the SARS virus in 2002 and 3 and the MERS virus look like a walk in the park in comparison. There are two main reasons for this analysis. First, the coronavirus can remain hidden and yet carriers are infectious for up to two weeks before symptoms develop. That means no symptoms, which include high temperature, bronchial infections, and other flu-like effects can be observed by airport temperature scanners while passengers are actually infecting other travellers. The second and extremely serious phenomenon which makes this different is that there is now proof of human-to-human transmission. Both American and Delta Airlines in the US announced at the end of January 2020 they were suspending direct flights to and from China. While American Airlines' decision is immediate, it will assess the situation again in March, Delta will continue flying in and out until the 6th of February, when it will stop completely. United Airlines has cancelled all flights to and from China between the 1st and 8th of February, but is unlikely uh, not to extend after this period. Other major airlines have also announced they're suspending flights, including British Airways, Lufthansa of Germany, which is cancelling 54 flights a week, while Hong Kong and Cathay Pacific will halve the number of flights until further notice. Hong Kong doctors and medical experts have called on the island's leadership to close the border with China and the infections are increasing on a daily basis, so there's not much chance of flights being reintroduced in the short term. Indonesia's Lion Air, South Korean company Air Seoul, Finnair of Finland, Air Canada and Singapore-based Jetstar have also slashed the number of flights. They are now likely to halt further direct flights as well. Qantas of Australia also announced it was halting all flights in and out of China immediately. Thai Air is dowsing passengers and aircraft with disinfectant 
and all its cabin crew are working with gloves and masks, but they're still flying. By the 2nd of February, reports circulated of the first person to die of the virus outside of China, which was a man from Wuhan who was visiting the Philippines. With more than 12,000 people diagnosed with the disease and a death toll rapidly escalating, aviation and health authorities around the globe have mobilized a major response, which includes placing citizens returning from China in a two-week quarantine. At the same time, Chinese citizens who have been stranded at airports around the world are being flown home by the government. Beijing has ordered a lockdown and mobilized military medical support while quickly building emergency hospitals in weeks. Beijing authorities are trying to remain relatively upbeat with a propaganda arm, the People's Daily, quoting Chinese respiratory expert Zong Nanshan, who believes the outbreak may reach its peak by mid to late February 2020. Nanshan, of course, didn't explain how he came to this conclusion, although if history is anything to go by, he's off by at least six months, or probably more in this case. Consider the effect on global finance and economics as well as the direct effect on the airline business. These are early days, but we need to understand what could happen. Pilots are proactive, you know. That's why the Allied Pilots Association, or APA, which represents American Airlines pilots, cited serious and in many cases still unknown health threats posed by the coronavirus in a lawsuit it's filed already in Texas. We've just heard how American Airlines is pulling most flights. It's the ones from Dallas that made the pilots angry. They want all flights to and from China stopped immediately before one of their colleagues catches this terrible coronavirus. APA President Eric Ferguson is now urging pilots who are assigned to any flights between US and China to decline the assignment. The American Airlines Flight Attendants Union said they supported the pilots' lawsuit and called on the company and the US government to err on the side of caution and halt all flights to and from China. In a memo to pilots at United Airlines, which has the largest number of US flights to China, management has apparently informed all pilots concerned for their safety that they will be allowed to drop their trip, but without pay. Meanwhile, flight bookings have slumped. There's already been a huge drop in bookings, particularly in Asia, with forced cancellations directly linked to the coronavirus outbreak. This is the biggest threat to the industry since the SARS virus, which led to a 45% plunge in passenger demand in Asia when it peaked in April 2003. Air France suspended all flights to Beijing after cabin crews formally complained. The big story here is that Air France did not suspend any flights during the SARS virus outbreak. Because the rate of infections worldwide is accelerating, there are a few other things to consider. The coronavirus in two months has infected almost double the number of people that the SARS virus infected in over a year. Aviation is highly susceptible to sudden outbreaks of both violence and disease. For example, after the September 11 attacks on the World Trade Center, the global airline industry recorded losses of $13 billion. SARS in 2003 caused a panic and spread from China to many countries across the world. The World Health Organization reported 774 deaths out of just over 8,000 infected. In 2014-15, more than 4,000 people died in three countries in West Africa due to an Ebola outbreak. Even though SARS caused fewer deaths than Ebola at the time, the severe economic damage cannot be underestimated, particularly to China and Hong Kong's economies. The global cost of SARS was estimated at $33 billion. Airlines were hammered. 
For example, the reduction in air traffic or revenue passenger kilometers, as it's known, RPK, saw Asia-Pacific Airlines lose 39 billion RPKs, or 8% of its annual traffic. This cost airlines $6 billion in hard cash in Asia alone. North American Airlines lost $1 billion and shed 12.8 billion RPKs, or 4% of the international traffic at the time. The shocking truth, however, is that the SARS virus had a greater impact on world airlines than a war. At the time of the outbreak in 2003, flight schedule provider OAG reported that the statistics show that SARS has had a far greater effect on global air travel than the war itself. They were talking about the Iraqi war. But what did help the airline industry thrive after SARS and create a better cash flow model was the introduction of more bargain basement or low-cost cheap flights. This time around, there are a few other factors that could make this a much more serious situation. The other big difference is that during the SARS outbreak, Chinese economy was galloping along at over 8 and close to 9% per year. Now China's economy is slowing and the virus has caught authorities during the busiest travel period of the entire year, the Chinese Lunar New Year. This is going to compound the losses to aviation in China and beyond. African airlines are no different. Ethiopian Airlines has 35 flights a week to and from China. It's the most exposed of all African airlines, and the effect financially will be tremendous if it halts flights. If it doesn't, and staff who are infected die, Addis Ababa government officials will be in the firing line. By the way, more than 120 million Chinese visitors travel to Africa per year on average since 2017, so the tourism industry will be impacted. Aviation is at the heart of any country's growth as global commerce requires travel. A secondary effect beyond airlines and tourism will be the commodities and services sector, while all business is likely to contract to some extent. During the 2014 Ebola outbreak, for example, the World Bank released an analysis showing how trade, investment, output and household income and consumption would be slowed in two ways because of that outbreak. First, the reduction of factors of production where labor supply slows, productivity drops, output dips, and so does income. Secondly, transport costs actually increase because of inspections. Airport, road, border closures mean import prices rise. That means less income and margins drop for producers. Walmart of the US has already announced that it's freezing business visits to China as of late January 2020. So whatever travel agency works with Walmart, they're going to feel this effect right now. If this coronavirus graduates to a full pandemic, it's generally accepted that it has more potential to curb the outlooks for both aviation and the global economy than any other outbreak in history. Furthermore, the world is even more interconnected now than it was in 2003, and it has never been as easy to travel from continent to continent thanks to our wonderful aviation business. This could now become a poison chalice. Another factor is that China has developed in the last 17 years into the world's largest outbound tourism market, which by itself is helping drive developed and developing nations' economies. It was far smaller when SARS broke out. Oliver Wyman, transportation practice, aerospace and defence experts, have told Forbes that global airline capacity into China is nearly four times bigger now than it was in 2005. China flights account for 12% of total worldwide available seat kilometres, versus only 5% 15 years ago. And according to plainstats.com, 
Asian airlines currently have the biggest capacity exposure to China at 30% of all the available seat kilometers. Second are airlines operating out of Australia and New Zealand with 11%. Europe has 4.5%, North America 4%, the Middle East 3.6%, and Africa 3.1%. The aviation industry was looking at 2020 being a slower year because of the decelerating growth in the world economy. Margins were under pressure, partly due to the trade war between the US and China, which has been highlighted by the IATA. The coronavirus, though, is more bad news. China has led aviation growth in the last decade. Even though that growth has slowed, now the entire country has turned itself into a giant quarantine. China has restricted both air and ground travel during this Lunar New Year period, and many cities look like ghost towns as people remain indoors and aeroplanes remain grounded. While some medical experts are saying that this will actually help by slowing the infection as China's stock market kicks off the new year, it's likely to be red ink all over. And each day that no one flies, the debt begins to ratchet upwards. With most of the sick in China, there are at least 21 nations that have reported cases, including Taiwan, Japan, Vietnam, the US, Germany, Singapore, and South Korea. As of early February, 300 people were already dead, all except one in China itself. During the SARS pandemic, 774 people died, but that was over an entire year. And no vaccine for the Wuhan coronavirus has been developed yet. What about sitting on board a plane and the chances of being infected? Well, a few things have changed for the better since the SARS virus outbreak. The Boeing Dreamliner, for example, is regarded as the best in the world for air purity because of the Dreamliner's technologically advanced systems, which means its air is the best filtered in the skies. There's another matter to mention, the benefit of its new pressurization system, where other planes are pressurized at about 8,000 feet in altitude, the new Dreamliners are pressurized to 5,000 feet. And the latest versions of the Airbus A350 and A320neo have also well-filtered air compared to older planes. SARS did teach airlines an important lesson about managing risk. They needed to be more resilient in a simple way, by keeping more cash handy. Between 2001 and 2005, an average of more than one US airline filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy each year. TWA, US Airways, United Airlines, US Airways again in 2004, and both Northwest Airlines and Delta in 2005, on the same day, by the way. SARS had a direct bearing on these bankruptcies. Then, from 2006 onward, only one major US airline filed for bankruptcy protection. That was American Airlines in 2011. Airlines learned an important lesson after 9-11 and SARS, which was managing cash flow more effectively. Head of Consultancy Asia at Hong Kong company Ascend, Paul Sheridan, says airlines were not watching the cash flow closely enough at the turn of the 21st century. Now, with oil prices fluctuating, swine flu and SARS breaking out, Ebola and even volcanic activity affecting short and medium-term operations, world airlines have learned to save money for a rainy day and use insurance to cover the shortfall in creative ways. So, most airlines have now kept upwards of 10% of their revenue as cash on hand. Still, we need to understand that not all airlines are created equal. Even the best run may face something of an existential threat posed by coronavirus 2019-NCOV. 
Normal service will resume next episode as we tackle that terrible incident, the shooting down of Ukraine Air Flight 752 with the loss of 176 passengers and crew. By the way, I'm beefing up the website Plane Crash Diaries at the moment, so forgive a few empty spots on the menu as my team get things up and running. We'll also have much more in store with our social media updates and we'll begin to provide more aviation updates through the week. To my many thousands of listeners around the world, thanks for the support. Until next, aviate, navigate and communicate safely. Goodbye.